You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. and gents, boys and girls, welcome to Tales with TR, episode 118B. Hope everybody's doing all right. Having a great weekend so far. It just began for me, and I'm going to get right into it today. We will waste no time. And here we go, folks. My next guest is a barstool blogger and co-host of the biggest hockey podcast on the planet, Spittin' Chicklets. He hails from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts, and just last week visited my hometown of St. John's, Newfoundland. And after an adventurous few days, lived to tell the story. He can also be seen alongside yours truly on the hit Letter Kenny spinoff, Shorzy. And like the Rolling Stones, he just can't get no satisfaction. He is a proud podcaster, a wizardly wagerer, a smooth sailor, a blissful Bostonian, a great guy, a fantastic fan. Where do we begin? He was just screeched in. We turned up the we turned the volume up at the recent Chicklets Cup. He wears cool socks and visited the Rock. Let's be clear, he's an admiral of the rear. His legend will grow after TJ's patio. He has lots of pet peeves and hangs at green sleeves. He looks like my cousin and eats oysters by the dozen. He could hear the tires squeal with Senior at the wheel. Ladies and gentlemen, in the song Walk of Life, the boy could play. Some call him Brian. I call him R.A. How the hell are you doing, buddy? 
Fantastic, buddy. I'm finally all recovered after my trip to St. John's, Newfoundland. Awesome time. Awesome people. <laughs> awesome card. Everything was fantastic. I got the wind back in my sails finally, though. I was, uh, I, it took me a couple of days. You know when you like fall asleep for a nap in the afternoon and you're in like a deep sleep? It was deep oh, yeah. sleeps for, for two or three days afterwards. You know you're catching up. Oh, I faded before the airport. We had to make a pit stop at, at, at your parents. I, I took a little siesta down and seen you as basement for about an hour. Before. I couldn't keep my eyes open. That's how, how beat I was. But it was all, all well worth it. Great, great time. Great, great day climbing up to Signal Hill with your dad. It was a hell of a time. That's awesome. Um, so now, now that you've seen it, I mean, do you find some similarities? I find similarities in Boston and St. John's, if, if only in the Irish, but there's a few more little quirks around town. But did you find it similar? What was your experience? I guess you were here for what? Five full days, five yeah. great days that we didn't really lack for things to do. No, not at all. Uh, I, uh, similar to Boston. I mean, uh, Halifax reminded me a lot of Boston as well, but uh, it, St. John's kind of its own uh, its own unique place i was trying to find a comparable place to boston where like the george street water street yeah. sort of like parallel streets with all the bars and patios there and i, I couldn't really think of anything with something quite like that, that in boston but uh st john's is a pretty unique spot I, I i maybe similarities to boston but i wouldn't say it, it really reminded me of boston do you go out on the water much there i mean i know boston's but i've been to boston lots and i've never really thought to go out on the waters so not as Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Not as much as I'd like to. I, I do got a couple buddies with boats because uh, screw buying your own boat. You know what they say? We're best two days of uh, owning a boat the day you get it. You, the day you get it, the day you get rid of it. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah, better to have friends with boats. But I, I get out there a few times this summer. It's always nice because Boston Harbor used to be disgusting. It was a super fun site. The government spent a lot of money to clean it up. So, I mean, I'll swim in Boston Harbor willy-nilly now. It's not a problem at all. But uh, and, it, and it is. You go a mile out, Terry, it feels like tropical in Boston. It just You're just being outside of the city. It's, it's a different mindset, just being even out in the harbor a little bit. I read about that on uh, in the news lately, how Boston cleaned up the harbor. When did that happen? Um, mostly the 80s and 90s because we would okay. swim in it. Like before the local public pool would open, you know, whatever, June, late June, It'd be 90 degrees, is, you know, nowhere to go. You got this gigantic ocean right here. So we'd swim in it, and it was gross. I mean, you'd make sure you didn't open your mouth and get a mouthful like down the old Navy yeah. yard when I thought with the old dry docks that's filled in. The water was like legit green and, and algae and gross. And yeah, late, I want to say late 80s or 90s, they, whatever, however they cleaned it. It's, you know, when you drive through the harbor now, I mean, when you watch your wake, you can see, actually see it's actually like blue water, not Caribbean blue, but, you know, it's, it's not brown. Yeah, like yeah. Used to no, be. no, no. I read, I read all about it. They put a lot of money into it. Yeah, they put a lot of money, one of those super fun sites. And um, yeah, they, they did a hell of a job. I mean, it's, you know, if you talk about a four or 500 year old port, a lot of pollution and whatnot over the years, but. It's it's definitely a much cleaner body of water than it used to be, and I have no problem swimming now, and not as not as worried about catching a mouthful either. Do you uh, do you spend still most of the time in Boston? Like, how often are you in New York? Um, very seldom. I, well, I should, we go down during the season when trips come up here, and particularly there. in the playoffs, we go down a little bit more because you know we do the live streams or the gambling cave over in Newark, but. Um, I might not be down there for a few months. They they or they could say, "Hey, we're going down in October, or whatever." I but see. it could be, gee, I don't know, maybe it could, anywhere between four and eight times a year down there. But generally, I'm in ball. I work from home. Not generally, I do work from home. And so, when you say home now, how far is that from where you grew up? Um, same neighborhood. I mean, my house. Well, I have okay. two different houses. I lived here in Charlestown, and both of them are five minute walk from here. So I'm in, you know, Charlestown, one square mile neighborhood in the city of Boston. It's adjacent pretty much to downtown. I might walk to the north end slash downtown in 10 minutes from my house. So 
very close to downtown Boston. Brothers and sisters. I have an older brother. Um, he lives uh, actually that my 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 siblings actually living together. My brother was living with roommates, and it was a he they had someone's relative died, so he had a his roommate had to bring roommates on our family and blah blah blah. So he actually let my siblings actually living together. Older brother, younger sister, just outside of Boston. I see. So, um, I had you on before, and I didn't really talk about this. But when you were growing up, I always assumed all Boston. But you you mentioned to me that you went to a lot of Celtics games. I'm not sure about the Red Sox, but you were you like? W- did you go to a lot of Bruins games as opposed to everything else? I just picture growing up in Boston as being really sporty. I, I would, I w- I'm attracted to hockey, but you know, I find there's always something to do in the sports community, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, or Anything else? Like I just find it a very the, the Boston Marathon. I find it a very sporty people. Oh yeah, go. they're they're out there on the go. What did you do most? How did you spend sport, your time growing sports up? Sports obsessed town, no doubt. I uh, didn't go to a ton of Bruins games. I mean, they were pretty much sold out. We didn't have season tickets. We'd get them for tickets for Christmas, or they fall in your lap here and there. I didn't go to a ton of games as a kid, just because they were tough to come by. Uh, Celtics games, I went to the most as a kid. My dad's, you know, best friend at the time had season tickets, so. You know, if there was an extra one all the time, excuse me, I didn't need a pair. I just needed one. So I'd get last minute calls or the day of. And I went to tons of Celtics games as a kid, more more than anything. Um, Red Sox games, tickets were pretty easy to come by. I'd get tickets for the for the for the fellas. We'd go, you know, sit in the bleachers, whatever. Uh, and the Patriots, few and far between because they're not in the city. They're down in Foxborough. It's a pain in the ass getting down there, getting in and out of the stadiums and nuisance. So I didn't go to a ton of Pats games, but more Celts than anything growing up. I was a big, I was, uh, basketball was, I wasn't good, but it was the only sport I really played at a competitive level because I couldn't skate for shit. So I uh, I actually played more hoops growing up than anything. Interesting. Yeah. I would have, uh, well, that's funny looking back, you know, to be a Boston Celtics game goer slash fan. Living in Boston at that time must have been really unique. Oh man, um, I mean Larry Bird, the big, I mean yeah. the original big three: McHale, Bird, Parish. The you know '86 Celts. I mean, in my opinion, the greatest team ever. Um, yeah, it was it was an unreal time. I wish I was a little older though, T, because you're a teenager, you're a head teenager. You're not paying attention. You don't yeah. appreciate it as much now. You know, I've been able to watch Tom Brady for the last 20 years, and it's like you appreciate it so much more when you're older, which which I certainly uh, I, I do now these days. Younger, Every- not as much. Every time we were down there, we would get a cab or some version of it out to Foxwoods. And I never really, oh, sorry, Foxborough. And I didn't really know where I was going. Like how, and and I, I've been to games and I didn't really pay attention. So how far is that outside? Foxborough, uh, with no traffic, you could probably get there, uh, maybe half hour, 40 minutes. If Yeah, about 40 minutes. Like, is it like Ottawa frequent. where the, is, is the stadium uh, built in an awkward spot or is uh, yeah, it's just well, what it is is the the bro the Patriots play used to play in they used actually used to play in Fenway Park for a season or two. They played. I had no uh, idea. Yeah, they actually were the Boston Patriots years and years ago, and uh, they played at Nickerson Field where BU was. They played a few different places in Boston. Then they got the stadium, Sullivan Stadium or Schaefer Stadium, it had seven teams. It was a dump. It was like a glorified high school stadium. That's where the Patriots played up until they built Gillette in the early nineties. It was. Total dump, all aluminum bleacher seats. It was just a shitty place to get in and out of. Um, it, yeah, it's just well, unpleasant experience. And now the new stadium is nice, but it's the same thing. It's just a nuisance to get to where it is to get to. I just, you know, like I said, I, it's, I don't go to a lot of games. And yeah, you could probably compare it to Ottawa. Only thing is, you know, of course, the Pats only played eight, eight, nine games a year down there as opposed to 
you know, hockey, you know, for 41 games a year, that's a big difference having to go to that many games that far away. But yeah, it's just a nuisance getting in and out of that stadium. So I, I just don't go there much. That's a great point. Do you go see many other sports on the road? Like, have you seen NFL games in other cities? Um, couple times. Yeah, I did a couple road trips. Uh, I saw the Pats play in Dallas in the, the season that shan't be named. Uh, I saw, uh, but I, I see the Pats a couple road times. I actually went to a Super Bowl. I went to the, I forget what Super Bowl year it was, but when Pittsburgh beat Arizona and Tampa Bay, last second catch San Antonio Holmes, I was at that Super Bowl. Because uh, the Patriots are the only local team I have yet haven't seen win a championship in person. I've seen the Salts twice, Bruins once, Sox once. Never seen the Patriots won it. So I, I said, screw it. I want to at least see a Super Bowl. So I've seen a couple of games, but I don't do a lot of um, like road trips. I've never seen the Celts on the road. Um, saw the Red Sox a couple of times, but I don't go to too many Sox games anymore. Speaking of championships, so you're here. We got the party with the Stanley Cup on uh, a week and a half ago on Monday. Alex Newhook had it up here. Um, what did you think of that? Which was unique. I didn't think from your perspective, but a lot of people out there don't realize right where these players come from. And Alex, Alex played at college in Boston and yep. a lot of friends there. I did. The last thing I expected to do was run into, you know, fellow Bostonians, but how did that go? Oh, it was great. Um, it was funny. I, ch- I chatted with him before he left. He's actually living right, <clears throat> right across the bridge from the North end for the rest of the summer, him and, uh, couple other guys but it was funny mark mclaughlin who we played with at bc he's a local kid plays for the bruins i didn't i didn't know i'd be shooting the shit with one of the bruins i mean <laughs> hopefully he'll make the team this year he signed as a free agent after bc and it was kind of funny bumping into a local kid and, and shooting the breeze he's you know on your favorite team so uh we had a nice chat and uh a few other fellas i met but what a what a gesture uh new hook made though flying all those guys in getting to putting them up for the weekend so they can come celebrate the cup. But I'm just a trim. I mean, he's still on his ELC, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, you know, you're basically playing for free at that point. So I, I thought it was a beautiful gesture he made. And yeah, I, I met a bunch of the fellas and I ch- chat them. I'll tell you, I seen one kid walk out. We were on that upper deck because it was so hot downstairs. Yeah. I see one kid come out and I says, if that kid isn't Curtis, Curtis Joseph's son, then um, then he doesn't yeah. have an, I, it was his son. I, I dude, I'm drawing a blank. It was like, it was like, like going back 20 years and seeing Cujo, like it was wild. I couldn't you could, literally, I looked at the kid, I'm like that has to be Curtis Joseph's son. That's how much he looks exactly like Cujo when he was younger. So uh, yeah, chatting with him as well. Real nice kid talking about his dad, getting his dad on the show and stuff. So it was good, man. It was good chat with everybody. And of course, you know, the, the locals were, were terrific. Just everybody's just so friendly up there. It was, it was a great time. Now this was unbeknownst to me before you got here, but tell us how you went there. So that's, there's only three Newfoundlanders, I know I'm not wrong here. I don't want to dismiss anybody. Derek Clancy won it as a scout. I know I'm going to get emails when I say, but three, three new players Flanders have won the cup as players. Okay. You got Cleary, you got Ryder and you got new hook. And that's all recent as of 2000, we never had a Stanley cup winner. Now you get up here and you tell me that you were at all three cup parties. I celebrated in some form of another word, all three Newfoundlanders who won the cup and obviously not by design. Uh, 2008. I mean, I you know I flew to Pittsburgh on a whim to see a Stanley Cup game. That's yeah, I used to do that type of shit back in the day. My single yeah. foot foot loose and fancy free days, and uh, they ended up clinching. I snuck in the party and was in the locker room ten seconds. Was already drinking out of the cup. Dan Clary was doling out the sips. I walked down. I was like, Hey Dan, how about a sip? Yeah, one second. Like literally in the room for ten seconds. I get beer all over me. So I you know didn't hang out with him. I mean I you know like I said, party in the room with them. I uh, got the sip from Clary. 2011, the Bruins won the cup. I was partying in the locker room. It wasn't like I was hanging out with Michael Ryder, but, you know, we were celebrating in the same locker room together. And then uh, then Newhook, you know, last week. So it's three three Newfoundlanders, three Sellies. And funny enough, the last night we're there, me and the con man were at, I think it was Kelly's, 
who comes walking up by by himself, but Michael Ryder out of the blue, like out of the last blue. night we were there. So we, I introduced myself, said hello, got a picture with him. I mean, I, you know, I had, I mean, 2011 Bruins guy walks in that I had to get a picture with him. He's, he's a, he's a nice fellow. So I chatted with him for a bit. Pretty, pretty low key guy, pretty laid back guy. Oh, rides is real cool. Yeah. He's just laid back. He's, and he's, he's really, um, he's really a humble dude, right? He, 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 yeah. he, he won't, Bring it up, but he'd love to talk hockey if you. But he, but he doesn't bring it up. He's not. Yeah, he doesn't draw attention it. to himself or anything in any way. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. Um, and it's hard because he's a good-looking guy with a big Stanley Cup ring. That I'm like, it's really hard not to draw attention to yourself. But he's a great fella. Um, so you know what I? So this that night, um, I never really thought about it. And I thought I'd never been in the room with the cup before. I just you know you would think as a hockey player, sometime you know I have nobody to win it, but I've. Either I, I've always missed the boat unless it was at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think that's a replica whenever I saw yeah, it. Yeah, they keep one on permanent display there. Yeah. So I go downstairs and Alex, it's it, and, and not only there's, you know, he flew all those guys in, but he he literally like right before we saw him, he took the, the cup on parade. He took it to the hockey rinks. He took it to minor hockey, but he was there all night. Like he kind of had to be on like it was he couldn't really just yeah. come over and have a drink. He just sat with the cup. There was lineups of people that wanted a picture and whatever and with him and with the cup. And he let everybody drink out of it. Like he, You know, it was even hard to get a word in. I felt bad for him. So I went over and I didn't want to take anybody's time. You know, here I played in the NHL. A lot of these people, it'll be the only, their only connection to the Stanley Cup or the NHL. Like they drove in from some harbor that day, right? So I didn't want to be one taking time. But I just happened to get up there and I yelled out. I go, Alex, thanks a lot, man, for all this. Cause we were going to, we were going to head over to green sleeves and come back. So I don't know if I'm going to see you, but that, and he goes, come on up to here. Come on up. Come on. I said, no, I can't take a sip out of the cup. And he goes, well, it's not like you'll ever win it again. Like, you know, hockey players yeah. don't. And I go, yeah, okay. And I went up and here's the thing we had. Cause we, we went on the boat earlier that day. I was sipping. I had a decent buzz. I wasn't hammered. And I often take, I really, really microdose mushrooms, right? When I go out and a lot of people who don't do that probably, think it's way over the top but i i just find i i drink less i uh i have less of a hangover i yeah. mean a mic if it, it's three to five grams they say yeah. i take like a quarter Mic of a gram no it's micrograms even uh, milligrams it's not even it, when you, it's not even close to what you would dose to see the dance and bear no no like and I, yeah. but all i really notice is that it's great for hangover. it puts me in a decent mood i'm not i'm not like doing shooters and for me but once in a while it like it does what mushrooms do it ups the compassion level like you yeah you really feel and I, I, I honestly, I started crying, man. Like I took a sip out of the cup and I, I got, I had to breathe again. It was, I was happy for Alex. I looked around the room and I, something happened. I was like, this is all to do with hockey. I know there's, there's some stories or hockey's a roller coaster ride. If you follow the storylines this summer or, or, you know, with whatever hockey Canada or Stanley cup or it's ups and it's downs. And I looked at, I go, all these people are brought here. And Alex, who works so fucking hard, used to see him like, you know, and just, he works so hard. He trains like no other. And just that all it came rushing in and looking up and seeing you there and con man, who are all teammates now with Chicklets Cup. And I was like, I was overwhelmed with emotion. It was such a night of positive energy. Shani Ganuk were playing. The cup was there. Alex, the, 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 the fruits of his hard work were all finally coming together with a bunch of hockey guys that couldn't have been happier i don't know that i've been happier at a party in years no that's a good thing i mean you know you're, you're proud as a newfoundlander they, the local kid wanted it, it can't get o o overwhelming like that I mean, I mean i think back to 2004 around uh, world series i was at the it was before game four i went up to the st louis arch you ever been on the top of the st louis arch no i wanted to though yeah it's One a of my crazy 
it's a, there's a tiny little elevator that takes you up and it's a crazy structure because you're looking down and there's nothing, there's nothing that you feel like you're almost floating up there. Yeah. And, and I ended up at the, the world series through just weird fortuitous trivia knowledge. And, and I kind of just felt like blessed all of a sudden. I, I, I had like the same thing. I kind of got teary eyed. It was just like, kind of all hit me at once. The Sox are on the verge of winning the world series. And I'm, I hear him that this is crazy. Like, architectural marvel looking out over you know the gateway of the west and it was just kind of like holy shit man and, and it, i i had an experience like that before you just kind of get overwhelmed and you, you don't see it coming but it's a nice feeling man it's it's it it's, is. it's something you wish you happened more often in life i love yeah every once in a while you tap into it and i yeah there it it, it just makes it makes one feel um human like the, it yeah. transcends almost one emotion it's and uh those moments are few and far between, and I noticed it that night. Uh, listen, Boston, you're proud of Boston. Let's t- tell us three things about Boston that we probably don't know. Oh, geez, um, three things about Boston. Um, it's not the same Boston it used to be. Um, it's it, you know it used to be the neighbor city of different neighborhoods and whatever, and it's it's gentrified, yuppified, whatever adjective you want to use for it now. It's it's still a fun, great city. It's just super expensive, but it's not the same city it used to be. It's a uh, you know, cities are built to change. That's that's what they do. And Boston, it's just uh, it's lost a lot of its character. I think you know, it's nice to get new restaurants and not have urban blight and stuff I like hear that. Yeah. But it also sucks when you don't have a good dive bar to go get a fucking three dollar Budweiser anymore. It lost know? a little bit it of character. Lost, lost a lot of character. Uh, that, um, geez, two. Um, like what? Like do do you guys? I don't notice when I'm there because I just order whatever. But is like do you it? Codfish here would be the most popular thing that people order when they're out. Would it? Would it be there as far as mm. seafood? I would say probably more lobster. Yeah, more I would lobster. Say, yeah, I think. I mean, the cods. Are, actually, I. Geez, I haven't. Oysters. Even, oysters. Yeah, oysters are popular, but I would say probably lobster. Lobster rolls were pretty more. I would say more known for, but you definitely probably see more lobster lobster rolls than like see up uh, Newfoundland, St. John's pan fried cod was on every single menu there without yes. fail. Uh, not fish and chips, the pan fried, which I like better. But yeah, I would say probably the lobster roll is probably the, the more common thing. Actually, here's you know, the, 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 this is more of a very local tree, but there's only two Boston neighborhoods that are completely separate from every other neighborhood in Boston. You have to either go over or underwater to get to it. East Boston, which is where the Lo- Logan Airport is in Charlestown. Every other neighborhood you can get you can get to connected by land, but there are two neighborhoods in Boston that we have to either go over water or underwater to get to. It's random trivia. I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. Interesting. Fuck that. No, yeah. that's exactly what the question was all about. Yeah. Uh, and what else? Uh, one last uh, shit. Uh, go, go, I'll think of what we're talking. I'll circle back for one, one last one. Listen, right. originally, why spit and chicklets? I never asked you that. It's a great name. Why spit and chicklets? And we. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. Again. No, no. Uh, me and Wit, we we had started the show and we had a, pen, a placeholder name, just Ari and Wit show, something corny just to. And then, um, uh, you know, I obviously I didn't come up with the free spin chickens. I got taken credit for that. Obviously, it's been around forever. And I said it and I was like, geez, that kind of works. Because in the last several years, spitting doesn't mean just like patooey on the ground. It's spitting lyrics, spitting talk. And it kind of started meaning a different thing. And then obviously, chicklets, the hockey aspect, it just kind of worked. And I saw about this and it, it just clicked. It's just like, oh, yeah, spitting lyrics, spitting chicklets. Plus, I think the whole Boston, not that neither me or Witter, either of us are tough guys, but you know, the whole like knocking a tooth out type thing played in like the Boston element of it. You know, we're two Boston area guys doing a show. So it just worked. And we it went really with the black worked. black and gold colors because, again, we didn't know it was going to 
get to this level, but it was more, well, we're Boston shows, so we'll use the Boston colors. And yeah, that was, yeah. it was pretty simple. And I actually designed the, not the final logo. I can't draw for shit, but the concept I came up with, my drawing looks like the Alabama leprechaun, but uh, I, I gave it to a friend who, who gussied it up, made it pretty. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like my, my baby. You know what I mean? I like, I look at it all the time. And like I said, I didn't draw it as is, but I had the, the idea, okay, a smiling face with the missing tooth. And yeah, it, it's, it's pretty wild to, to see what it's come to though. Oh, it's just great. It's one of those things. You could sit here and brainstorm all day, the RA and which show. Uh, you could you could go use alliteration. You could use puns. But that, it's one of those things that you just hear it. And you're like, boom. Exactly. You just know. It's like, yeah, it's like when you're buying a house, you just know when when that's your house. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. okay, this, this is it. So, yeah, it's six like and a half did, years now. It's almost subconscious. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up by 7 and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by 7 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for complete details. Speaking of Rolling Stones, didn't didn't Keith Richards write that riff of, of satisfaction when he was sleeping? Yeah, he heard it in his sleep. He woke up, like wrote it down, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's right. Cosmic a brain, shit, literally, yeah. literally, he had a brainwave. Yeah, and got up. Yeah, and uh, one of the most probably you could probably say that's the anthem maybe. of the '60s when it comes to rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, one of the most famous riffs ever, you know, <laughs> ever. Um, and the timing of it. Uh, best concert you've ever been at, speaking of music. Oh, God, that's that's a tough one. Um, I knew it would be tough because you've told me yeah. about some fucking juggernauts. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the Stones dozens of times. I've seen Aerosmith dozens of times. You too, Tom Petty. But one that always kind of like stands out in memory was St. Patrick's Day, 1992, Boston Garden, the OG Garden. You um, too was torn, uh, Lock Tongue Baby. Yeah. And it was legit St. Patty's Day in Boston. And this one 30 years ago in Boston was still very much Boston. And uh, I had, don't know if I've ever been in a building that was so electric before. Just the vibe of being in an Irish city on that day with you two in the house. And I never saw the Boston Garden balcony shake before. I was on the floor. I was like sixth row. Uh, and to look up and see a, a building's balcony shake, and it was scary because the building was old. It was the garden, you know, 90, 70 years old. If that thing, about, I thought it was going to fall like that. <laughs> but to look and see a building in an arena like, Bouncing up and down, it was absolutely bananas. So I go back to that one just for the pure electricity, the show itself. It just, you know, being in that building, St. Paddy's Day, Boston, you too. I don't know if it was the best concert I saw. It's definitely in the top three and one, like the electricity of the moment just stands out all these years later. Uh, a memorable one, if nothing else. You, uh, I find those, like some concerts I remember vividly and it must have had an impact. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it didn't like change my life or anything. It was a great concert, you know. Uh, but 
sometimes you know concerts can be like cathartic you know what i mean like oh, i yeah. i i got a pearl jam who i you know i like i don't know if they i wouldn't maybe maybe want my top three top five bands it's great great show i've seen them a couple great times yeah. they played fenway i don't call it could have been like covid's ruined my memory i could have been six eight ten years ago whatever it was and one of my twitter falls hey i got an extra face value 15 20th row the guy just wants his money back okay so i went and i was like oh yeah pearl jam i think i'll have a good time and Terry, I rocked the fuck out. Like I just headbanged and I walked out of this sweaty mess by myself. I, I don't even, I was, Love I think it. I might have smoked a joint. I was not even drinking. Yeah. And it was like, it felt like a religious experience when you walk out of there. It was just like, you, I'm like, I didn't know I needed to do that. Like just rock out for like a couple hours. It's like almost like cleanses the soul a little bit. So that day, all that Pearl Jam show like caught up on me. It just didn't expect to have that sort of experience. And I walked out and it was like, man, I, I really needed to do that, you know? You know, we have that in common. I often go to movies or concerts on my own. I, don't, I mean, I don't look to do it, but if no one's going, oh, I have no problem. I, Fuck it. I do go. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I almost recommend it to people. It's therapeutic. You're there. Yeah. You know, you're just going to take it in. Um, and I can't imagine that, you know, that happened to me. It wasn't quite Pearl Jam, but a few weeks ago, I just had last minute tickets to Def Leppard and Motley Crue. It was a bit of a laugh, man. I couldn't believe it. Um, but. Pearl Jam, imagine, I was playing junior in Tri-City, man, like in the mid-90s, early 90s, when I was drafted there, I would go down and practice. Before my first year in Tri, I was still down there practicing every every second weekend, at least, because I was playing in BC, right? That's kind of the reason they wanted me there. So that was all happening. It was all hitting right as we did yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that Pearl Jam, Nirvana, it was Soundgarden, uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, all from there. And then... People like Tim McGraw went there to record. It was almost like the it was almost like London in the '60s, kind of how it, it was that big of an impact grunge had that people yeah. were just going there to record. And then you know, buddy, baby got back Sir Mix a lot. I mean, he was from there. Like people were getting noticed from Seattle. It was a really unique time to be there. And I know what it's like though to be at a Pearl Jam concert. It is otherworldly. And I'm not. I'm same thing. They're not my favorite. God, I don't not like Pearl Jam, but yeah, I don't think they're just, in my top yeah. fifteen. Yeah. Just others you like better, but it, going back to your point about the doing things solo, I recommend it. Like I go to the movies all the time, but people say you go about movies by yourself. I'm like, well, once the movie starts, you shut up anyways. You yes. should shut up anyways. It's like I mean, I saw Jaws for the in the movies yesterday. It was actually they, it was a 3D version they came out with. They're re-releasing it for they, it's coming out in IMAX, but there was a 3D version, not like old school like shit coming in your face like you know yeah, back yeah. in the 80s but it was just it was almost like watching it with a, in a view mask remember those little toys as, i when do you remember view, those every it's just everything's 3d it just kind of like almost looks like it's popping out of the screen but yeah i go to the movies all the time i've concerts by myself i went to key west by myself a few days got a few arch, arched eyebrows when i told people about it but it was uh yeah man like you're, you're on your own clock you're, you're not beholden to anybody you're on your own schedule you just do what you want traveling solo is awesome I agree. Um, that's interesting. So I haven't seen Jaws in a while. Maybe I will. Maybe I, mean, I was saving it. Penny Lane wanted to see it. And I was like, you know. Oh, it's still, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's still a holds movie. up. It, it's been 20 years since I, I watched it again, but now even that's been 20 years ago. So it still holds up. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, like, it's a pretty much a perfect movie. I know that obviously, you know, the effects of it. Of age, like well, fuck it. Of course, it's age. It's a forty-seven-year-old movie, but yeah. it's just it's just a rollicking adventure. Just and it was funny, not not ha ha funny, but the the opening scene is horrifying. Like the the girl goes swimming, you know, they, she goes skinny dipping. The kid, the drunk guy, falls on the beach and passes out. Chrissy Watkins, and that death scene is horrific, man. Horrific. Like I hadn't yeah, seen I it on the that. big screen in ages, and you know, they had that girl on pulleys like underwater, and they were ripping around, and she was like really like in in pain when she was doing it. And uh, it's just all like, oh, my God. Then she just gets pulled on the water and it's like, 
you know, you've seen the movie a hundred times and still you shit your pants. And then 15 minutes later, they kill the, the kid, the little kid and the kid. And this fucking 10 year old kids get gobbled by a shock. And the mother comes to the end of the beach. Alex, Alex, and the fucking the raft floats up with the blood oh, and the yeah. bite mark. And, and it's like, man, you forget how much of a horror movie this is. You know, and you think, oh, Spielberg and, and uh, the adventure, the seafaring adventure. But then you remember the first they they off two characters, the first 20 minutes that are absolutely horrifying. And you don't even see the shock till fuck halfway through the movie. Just yeah. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, what Spielberg did, and then the, the music with John Williams, just uh, just a masterful movie that never gets old. Yeah, that's still man that that moment at the beginning. Um, I do remember that vividly. I remember moments. I've seen it twice, two or three times. But again, last time was two decades ago. But that holds up with like it's one of the one of the. Well, I don't know what the word is. The shock. It's it's one of the movie moments that stands out there, and it's so long ago that there's recency bias now. People would pick a lot of recent movies, which I like. I I, I still think. A lot of great movies out there, even more so. But a lot of those, they were great for a reason, right? They were great yeah. for a reason. Yeah, there's a reason people still still watch it all these years later. It's uh, it's a ter- terrific movie. And Spielberg, I mean, that was the first summer blockbuster. With that illusion there? Oh, uh, it was the first summer blockbuster ever. That changed the, the industry. I mean, Hollywood was never the same after Jaws. Yeah, what's the last? No, I agree. What's the last uh, great book you read, or like, give me one book that you've read that um, you like? I, I, I'm embarrassed to say how little I read. Tea. I can't I believe because be the- you write so well. Like your 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 blog goes back what 15 years? Yeah, about 15 years. Yeah, Fuck, uh, man, I, and you're a good writer. Thank you. I appreciate that. I know, and and I don't write as much as I, I'd like to. It's I I never I don't I love I have a loved writing. I mean, I I got a knack for it, but I don't know that I ever loved it. And it, and it's it's like Nora Ephron, her you know the late great Nora Ephron wrote Sleepless in Seattle and You Got Mail and a bunch of other stuff and she said you know the, her quote is the hardest part of writing about writing is is writing it's just going and doing it it's like great to have yeah. done it but it sometimes it's you know and I had a real bad writer's cramp this like earlier this year you know like life you know like Tom Brady said the other day I'm 45 man life gets a lot you get a lot of shit in life the older you get and you know when you when you got battle and stuff in life you, you don't maybe have that creative desire it just totally your brain just can't get there and i'm proud of what i put out so i don't like to write shit that i don't want my name to so i'd rather not write something than write something that's shitty so i uh, yeah i was i had like writer's cramp i would sit down and write something and whether it was good or not i just didn't feel like attaching my name to it but as Fuck, far as man i know book, exactly yeah. exactly what you mean sometimes it flows out of me and sometimes oh, it's a chore it's crazy and i'd rather run a fucking marathon then when I get that writer's block and I got to sit down with the pen and paper because my head, it's it, it's just, I know I, what I wish you mean. Could, I wish you would bottle it. I wish like, or there's a switch in your body. Well, okay, got to write. You could flake. It's not like going out and I'm going to practice slap shots up or jump shots. Like it's just not, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. But to answer your book question, my wife teased me all the time because I got my bookcase behind me when we record chicklets. And she's like, you've read like two of those books. I, I'm like, that, that's my retirement plan. When I retire, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish all my books. But I, I have been reading the Lakers book Showtime that they based the HBO series uh, Winning Time on. I don't know if you watched the HBO yeah, series. Yeah, I know book. exactly what you mean. I, have, I know there's a book. I saw it at Chapters, but I, don't, I haven't read it. Yeah, Jeff Perlman. It's called Showtime. It actually came out like seven or eight years ago. I actually have been ripping through that lately because it's such an easy, breezy read about a, you know, history and sports that I grew up watching. I mean, I hated the Lakers. They're sort of like the Canadians, but you respected them. And, you know, the 80s Lakers were terrific to watch. So I'm, I'm not halfway through that, but that's the only book I've really kind of crushed sort of lately. I Back just in wish- the day, you would have to read books if you wanted to read. Now you can read so much. I only ask because you got a great style about you. When you're usually a decent writer as read is well read right now. Yeah. I mean, I've you been, went to college, you're interested. Now it's probably more blogs and stuff that you're reading, but you're reading. 
Yeah, I yeah, I just yeah, I'm exactly. I'm reading. I read a lot of shit in a day, but it's just staccato. Like the, 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 it's like the, the internet's kind of killed killed a lot of attention spans. So yes. it hasn't helped me. But yeah, I, I wish I read a lot more. But you know, like I said, when I'm done, because the thing is, I read for work. So it's like if I'm going to spend time reading, it's usually work related. But I, I'm hopefully going to finish uh, that Lakers book before the next NHL season starts, ideally. Uh, what sports? What sport are you best at? Would it be basketball? Oof. Uh, Do you probably, golf? Pro- I'm terrible at golf. I quit golf years ago. I'm so bad. Everyone says everyone stinks, but I'm a I special see. level of suck. It's like it was like doing algebra. I can't break a hundred. Tears. So there you go. I would say probably honestly, probably uh, downhill skiing. I uh, like snow skiing. Nice. It got, I'm not like Phil or Steve Mayer, but like I, you know, I, I was actually somewhat decent at it. I might played basketball. I, you know, I stunk. I just wasn't very gifted athletically as a kid, which I. I knew as a kid, young, I knew athletics were going to be my way out, or at least playing them. Um, so yeah, I would say probably skiing was probably the one thing I was like, okay, he's not he's not bad at that. Street hockey goalie was like my my go to as as a kid. I was a little brother, throw get thrown out, be the goalie, and I ended up kind of polying that to an intramural career. So I, I guess yeah, you know, street hockey goalie was the thing I probably played the most. And was your was your college experience a good one? Oh my god, yeah. Oh, I get that yeah. sense. Best seven years of my life, baby. (laughs) (laughs) How many years was it? I didn't take classes for seven years. I went to North, actually, I went to Northeastern right out of high school. Uh, Northeastern, great school, but it's, it's in the city. I was taking the train to college every day. I was a commuter. I wasn't, and I grew up watching Revenge of the Nerds and Animal House. And, you know, when you're a commuter, you're not, you don't, you're not part of the, like the, the, you know, the, uh, the community, basically you, you're taking the train, you're going to class and you're going home. You're not really in college. At least, I mean, I was paying a little, whatever it was like 15 grand a year or whatever Northeastern was at the time. And I just didn't like it. I wasn't, and I stopped going to classes. Then I went to, I went on spring break an extra week and I, I quit April, my freshman year. I just, I was miserable. I worked for like a year work and some delivery job. And then, uh, I went back to school, North Adams state. I did four and a half years there. Graduated 97. I had the best fucking time in my life to you. It was, this it was like the number one potty school in New England back then. I I think it was on like Playboy's top ten list one year, and this was before like the whole binge drinking and cracking down on college drinking. It was right before that all started, so it was still a pretty wild era, and uh, it was awesome. I, I mean, it was a small state school, and you know everybody sort of knew everybody. But I'd rather I hit kids, so I'd, I want to go to a big school with like a Division one football team, and I'm like. Yeah, you're a fucking small fish in a giant pond here. Like I went to a school, it was like a little bit more of a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond type situation. And I had I had an absolute fucking ball, man. Love. I get that sense. I'd love to meet some of your college buddies one day. And we're looking into it, by the way. By the way, Penny Lane and I are going to come down to a concert. She, I just oh, took yeah. her, the only concert she's been to is James Taylor. Okay. And Jackson Brown played the same night, and uh, she really liked it. And she only knows a few songs. But I said, if you like that, you pick it. We can come down. Billie Eilish, whatever. She's into everything, right? She's yeah. into everything. Yeah. The, uh, the aging rock bands, are just not as many concerts anymore. So we will be there. Absolutely. Uh, but then, that, that being said, I'm going to wrap it up now. I got to head out and pick her up and take her to soccer. Thanks for visiting. Uh, what? So what comes next for Chicklets and RA? Is there anything on the horizon that you, you want to tell us about or that you're excited about? Or is it business um, as usual, which is, which is fucking busy business? You yeah, guys it's work nothing- harder than most people in the business. Thank, thanks, T. I appreciate that. Um, 
I mean, we got the new beer dropping, the big big deal brewing. We we paired up at uh, Labatt. Obviously, you were there when we unveiled it up in Buffalo. I'm excited to drop that. I, I mean, obviously, yes, it's it's our it's ours. We 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 came up with. It. We did the taste test, and of course, we're gonna tell you it's good because we 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 tried it. Like we we yeah. put our name to it. We didn't just say, oh, like let's do a beer show, like to put our name on. It's like no, we we got samples mailed overnight to us. We drank it. We made videos, gave feedback, and when I had the first one, we right before we interviewed Kylo Poso in Buffalo, I was like. Holy shit! This beer is delicious. It's it's good. It's not a light watery beer. It's not a hoppy IPA. It's just a nice tasty golden ale. So we're excited to launch that. But yeah, just ready to tackle another season. Still enjoying a little break here. Going to start getting some you know team previews ready. We're gonna I think come back September twentieth, another couple of weeks. And yeah, we're kicking off the season in Pittsburgh and just yeah, looking forward to all all the events we got, trips we got, and just keep doing what we're doing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. And you guys do an awesome job. The following continues. The legend continues. Thanks a lot for visiting. Like I said, next time, next time we'll take on the West Coast. Uh, yes. For those of you out in Cornerbrook, Deer Lake Way, Darren Langdon and company, Darren Colburn. We're going to come out there at some point the next time RA comes. I mean, I love that trip. And Newfoundland is a lot to take in at once. I'm glad yep. you're coming back. Before that, I will likely see you in Boston. And either way, I'll see you at the next Chicklets Cup in it's probably five or six months whenever we nail yeah. that down, but it always comes sooner than later. So thank you again, R.A. I can't wait to talk and good luck this season. My pleasure, T.I. Same to you. And uh, hopefully in the, uh, the next few months, there'll be an airline that flies direct between St. John's and Boston. That would be ideal for both of us. You got it. There used to be. So here's hoping for that. Thank you again, my friend. And thank you, pal. Enjoy your we weekend. We shall see you again soon. Adios, my man. And there you have it, little bit of Brian McGonigal, the rear admiral, whose legend grows by the day. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to episode 118B. I'm gonna. I got a real busy weekend ahead of me here, and I'm. I can't wait. Right now, the 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 fast pitch Canadian Nationals are here. Uh, softball, and I got a couple of friends that actually one guy used to play. With me and Bentley, we went to the Allen Cup final together. Scotty Galenza. Scotty's a good uh, softball player, apparently. Well, a great softball player. Newfoundland always has a chance in softball. We have a couple of good teams. So good luck, but I just love watching it. I love watching team sports at the highest level, and I'm literally going out the door now to pick up Penny Lane, take her to soccer, then go skate with Zach O'Brien Mar or Zach O'Brien, Marcus Powers overseas, isn't he? Connor Donahue and a few more of my buddies. From there, I'm going to watch the Canadian Fast Pitch Nationals. Thanks again, everybody. If you're going downtown, check out Wedgwood Cafe, TJ's Pub, Greensleeves, The Bull and Barrel, Rob Roy, Trinity Pub, Merchant Tavern, and Blue are a great spot to get a bite to eat. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'll catch you all on the rebound.